section eleven of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter eleven pictures like these dear madam to design ask no firm hand and no unerring line some wandering touches some reflected light some flying stroke alone can hit em right pope fearful anticipations mingled with mrs st clair's natural affection as she thought of the meeting with her own family its only members consisted of a brother who partly by industry partly by good fortune had become the proprietor of a large tract of unimproved land in the neighbourhood two unmarried sisters residing in the county town and an old uncle from the east indies a half-brother of her mother's reported to be enormously rich when she had left home her brother was a mere raw unformed lad but he was now an elderly man the husband of a woman she had never seen and the father of a numerous family after quitting the noble domain of rossville the country gradually assumed a less picturesque appearance rocks woods and rivers now gave way to arable land well-fenced fields and well-filled barnyards while these in turn yielded to vast tracts of improvable land thriving belts of young plantation ring-stone dikes and drains in all directions it was in the midst of this scenery that bellevue stood pre-eminent it was a showy whitewashed winged house situated on the top of the hill commanding an extensive view of muir's and moss's many oh with traces of cultivation interspersed and which by many was considered as a very fine and by all was styled a very commanding prospect a dazzling white gate with spruce canister lodge opened upon a well-gravelled avenue which led to the mansion surrounded by a little smiling lawn with a tuft of evergreens in the centre on one hand appeared a promising garden wall on the other a set of commodious-looking farm offices everything was in the highest order all bespoke the flourishing gentleman farmer the door was opened by a stout florid footboy in flaunting livery whose yellow locks seemed to stiffen at sight of the splendid equipage that met his view the interrogatories however at length recalled him to a sense of duty and upon the question being put for the third time whether his master or mistress were at home he returned that cautious answer which marks the wary well-tutored though perplexed menial that is that he was not sure but he would see after an interval of about five minutes during which much opening and shutting of doors was heard and many a head was seen peeping over blinds and from behind shutters the prudent will returned with an invitation to the ladies to alight and leading the way he conducted to a well-furnished but evidently uninhabited drawing-room where he left them with an assurance that his mistress would be there in a minute many minutes however elapsed during which the visitors were left to find amusement for themselves which was no easy task where the materials were wanting in such circumstances a fire is a never-failing resource if bad we can stir it if good we can enjoy it 
but here was no fire and the bright handsome stove was only to be admired for itself and the profusion of white paper which filled it the carpet was covered the chairs were in their wrappers the screens were in bags even the chimney-piece that refuge of the weary showed only two handsome girandoles there were two portraits indeed large as life hanging on each side of the fireplace and all the rawness of bad painting glaring in tints which time himself could never mellow the one it might be presumed was mr black in a bright blue coat pure white waistcoat and drooping fall of foyer's looking neckcloth holding a glove and looking very sensible the other it might be inferred was mrs black sitting under a tree in a yellow gown and ill put on turban smiling with all her might and both evidently bent upon putting all the expression they possibly could into their faces by way of getting a good pennyworth for their money at length the door opened and mrs black in propria persona entered followed by a train of daughters she was rather en bon point with a fine healthy colour clear blue eyes and an open good-humoured expression of countenance forming altogether what is expressively termed a comely woman which if it mean something less than beauty is often more attractive she had evidently been dressing for the occasion as her gown seemed scarcely yet out of the fold but looked like a thing apart from her and had that inexpressible air of constraint which gowns will have when gowns are made things of primary importance mrs black welcomed her guests in a manner which if it had nothing of the elegance of ton was yet free from affectation or pretension she expressed her regret that mr black should be from home but she had sent in search of him and hoped he would soon cast up mrs st clair resolving to be delightful sat with her sister-in-law's hand in hers and with a face of the most affectionate interest was presently deep in inquiries as to the state of her family the number of her children their ages sexes names pursuits and so forth the amount of the information she received was this mrs black was the mother of eleven children living and two dead her eldest daughter who had just gone to take a walk was going to be married and her youngest to be weaned it was thought a very good marriage for bell as major waddell had made a handsome fortune in the company's service and was very well connected in the county being cousin german to sir william waddell of waddell mains and very likely to succeed to him if he was spared he was also related to the boggs of bog hall and the present bog hall had married a daughter of lord fairacres and their son was going to stand for the county major waddell to be sure was a good deal older than bell but he had kept his health well in india and though not a beauty was very well at least he pleased bell and that was everything due congratulations were here offered by mrs st clair with the customary remarks of its being a pleasant and desirable thing for the first of a family to form a respectable connection that any disparity of years was on the right side etc 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 concluding with a request to be favoured with a sight of the young people mrs black's eyes beamed delight as she pulled the bell and gave orders for the children to be brought 
observing at the same time that they were sad romps and seldom fit to be seen miss st clair meanwhile was engaged with her cousins pretty good-natured-looking girls one of whom talked much of balls and officers and poetry but as the children entered she sighed and said there was an end of all rational conversation the young masters and mrs black had all evidently been preparing for exhibition they were fine stout blooming awkward creatures with shining faces and straight combed though rebellious-looking hair while a smart cap red eyes and sour face bespoke the sufferings of the baby altogether they formed what is politely called an uncommon fine family they all made bows and curtsies walked with their toes in stood with their fingers in their mouths and in short were a very fine family of course they were much commended and caressed by their new relations till the entrance of mr black turned the attention into another channel mr black was the only one of the family on whom the phenomenon of a carriage and four had produced no visible effect he entered ill-dressed overheated and with a common even vulgar air though in reality he was rather a good-looking man mrs st clair had expected something of a sen at meeting with her brother but he seemed to have no thoughts of anything of the kind for he received his sister with that look and manner of plain hearty welcome which showed that anything of fine feeling would be completely thrown away yet his greeting was sufficiently affectionate in its own blunt homely kind it is a long time since you and i have met sally said he as he seated himself beside his sister with a child on each knee but you have kept your looks well to be sure you haven't had so large a share of the evils of life as i have had looking round with evident pride and exultation on his offspring and affecting to sigh at the same time mrs st clair shook her head and sighed too but her sigh was a much better got-up sigh than her brother's it said or was intended to say heaven only knows what i have suffered for that one mrs black seemed to understand it for she said with a look of sympathy i'm sure an only child must be a great misfortune and we have great reason to be thankful mr black that so many of ours have been spared then beckoning one of her daughters she whispered some instructions to her accompanied with a key the young lady left the room and in a few minutes the yellow-haired laddie entered bearing a massive silver tray conveying the richest of cakes and the strongest and sweetest of wines as miss st clair threw back her bonnet to partake of the hospitalities her uncle regarded her with more earnestness than good breeding then glanced all round on his own offspring i'm trying if i can make out a likeness betwixt your daughter and my brat said he to his sister but i don't think she has much of a black face she is thought to resemble her father's family more than mine replied mrs st clair colouring deeply and looking rather displeased none of them that i have ever seen returned mr black her father if i remember right had light hair and a flat face and there is no end to arguing upon resemblances interrupted mrs st clair rising hastily the general expression is sometimes very strong when every feature is different and she was preparing to depart when one of the children who was looking out at a window exclaimed here's bell and the major and to depart in the face of bell and the major was declared to be impossible 
so mrs st clair though fretting at the delay was obliged to await the entrance of the lovers fortunately miss bell had no toilette duties to perform for she was dressed for the major in a fashionable gown made by miss scrimp's skirt of tattleton from a pattern of miss gorwell's in edinburgh who had got it from miss fleecewell of london who had had hers direct from madame chef d'oeuvre of paris miss bell therefore felt no disheartening doubts as to her appearance but firmly relying on the justness of her proportions and the orthodox length of her waist and breadth of her shoulders and strong in the consciousness of being flounced and hemmed up to the knees she boldly entered followed by her betrothed miss isabella black was really a very pretty girl she had a pretty figure pretty features pretty hair a pretty complexion a pretty bonnet a pretty shawl pretty boots and a pretty watch but over all this prettiness was diffused an intolerable air of folly affectation and conceit which completely marred the effect of her charms major waddell was a very passable sort of person for a nabob he had a dingy bronze complexion tawny eyes tolerable teeth and a long wrinkled smirking baboonish physiognomy why bell we were afraid you had run away with the major said mr black facetiously addressing his daughter on her entrance that is a very odd speech i think papa to one in my situations said miss bell affecting to look much disconcerted come come here are no strangers so there need be no secrets it is pretty well known that if you don't run away with the major the major will run away with you some of these days here mr black laughed and mrs black laughed and all the masters and mrs black laughed loud and long while in the general laugh the fair bride as if overwhelmed with confusion took her cousin aside and whispered this is a very awkward scrape i am brought into by papa's bluntness it certainly was my intention to have announced the matter to my aunt and you at a proper time but not just at present so i must request as a particular favour that you will say nothing about it at rossville it is so very unpleasant to be the talk of the whole county upon an affair of this kind that the major and i had resolved to have it kept as quiet as possible it was only yesterday he communicated it to sir william waddell and he has not yet mentioned it to lord fairacre or any of his other relations mrs st clair was too impatient to be gone to allow any farther latitude for the lovers to show off but was again in the midst of leave-taking much was said about having a longer visit of taking a family dinner of spending a few days of leaving miss st clair to spend a little time and get acquainted with her cousins and mrs st clair could only disengage herself from this well-meant hospitality by promising to take the earliest opportunity of repeating her visit i trust i may be excused from returning this visit said miss bell with a look of modest importance as in my situation i go nowhere at present escorted by mr black and the major and followed by the whole family mrs and miss st clair resumed their places in the carriage and were soon driven beyond the precincts of bellevue their next destination was to the house of the miss blacks in the county town and there they were accordingly driven End of section eleven